hola, hello, hi, bienvenido, and welcome back or welcome to Mentors Today. I'm Rob Ryan, and I am super excited to be joined by my friend and a dynamic young investor from down in South Florida, Michael Shore, the general partner at Shore Capital. Michael and Shore are based in Miami. That's where he and I met actually just after the pandemic. Shore Capital is an early stage venture capital fund that specializes in backing ruthlessly iterative founders. With a career spanning nearly a decade and a half, Michael's established himself as a visionary investor who believes in the power of relentless iteration combined with innate market understanding and opportunity. At Shore Capital, Michael focuses primarily on pre-seed and seed stage startups. He provides that crucial support at the earliest stages with investments that typically range from a quarter million to a half million dollar investment. Michael's impressive journey in the world of finance and entrepreneurship didn't begin or end inside of venture capital. He's got a natural entrepreneurial spirit and a knack for creating value for partners and has done so through his work in venture capital as well as real estate investment and other industries. Beyond this professional sphere, Michael has a diverse set of experiences, again, as I just kind of tipped real estate, uh, consumer electronics, and even educational pursuits. He's got a great personal story that I want to uncover a little bit. Um, he's one of the more unique, passionate, smart, and dedicated family men that I have met in the last few years of my life. So I, I'm lucky to count him as a friend. I'm grateful for our relationship, and I'm super excited that, Michael, welcome to Mentors Today. I'm glad that you're here. Great to be here on. And, and just to set the frame for everybody that's listening in, uh, I'm sitting here in my kitchen in Hollywood in Los Angeles, and Michael is in, in Uber, transiting himself across New York City, hustling, looking for the next great, ruthlessly iterative founder, right? Correct. Correct. So let's jump right into that. I want to I unpack that phrase if we can. I want to understand from your point of view, what is a ruthlessly iterative founder and why is that so important to you? Well, I mean, at the earliest stages, it's really hard to build something from nothing without iteration because you don't really know what you're going to like, what the end product, what the end company is going to be until you take thousands of steps in that direction. So that's the type of personality you look for. How do you, how, when you meet early stage founders, because you invested kind of the earlier stages um, from what I know, uh, when you meet early stage founders, whether they be young or old, experienced or new, what's your litmus test? How do you determine that they may or may not be a ruthlessly iterative founder? So, I mean, there's a lot of overlap between iteration or a commitment to iteration and a dedication for purposeful impact. So you could sort of tell if someone's, you can't always tell, but I believe that most of the time you could tell if someone's starting a company to, for the purpose of exiting in the next few years, or they're actually looking to create massive impact. Gotcha. And in your case, Part of the profile definition of, of that ruthlessly iterative founder is ideally someone that's looking to create that massive impact long term. Correct. And that sort of ties into the dedication factor. So I'm looking for people that are 
committing the next decade or two to solve this or that problem? One of the reasons we like each other since we've met is we're both, <laughs> we're both uh, in, in today's world, which is like 30 second sound bites. And, uh, you know, how quickly can I take my secondary out of my series A round uh, to pocket my own money and move on to my other projects? Uh, you and I are both a bit, a bit contrarian and that we're very long term thinkers. Yeah. And um, when it comes to, say, like really difficult problems, you can't really fix or form a solution for it in two, three, four, five years. It takes yeah. much longer. So uh, I'm hearing you, I'm picking up some kind of subtext in the now the ruthlessly iterative, right? So it's, it's exactly what you said, plus grit, determination, resiliency, commitment, dedication, words you've used. It's in your case, you've, you know what it means when you see it because it, it, is, it is kind of your own uh, recipe, let's say. That's pretty cool. And, and to date, have you been pretty disciplined about picking those types of folks? Or have you, you know, do you sometimes catch yourself kind of straying from your own thesis just because, you know, you get so enamored with someone who may not be exactly what you, what you were thinking? Um, I mean, time will tell. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, and also, I'm sort of a rookie. And so like my first check was June, 2021. So I'm still learning a lot. But, and that's, and frankly, buddy, that's one of the reasons you're here, right? I want to, I want to tell the stories of the people that are, that are, everybody's going to be telling their stories 10, 15 years from now. I want to tell them now, 10 years early, as we always say. So, so having, having said that, do me a favor, tell, tell us all about this journey. Like, how did you decide to get into venture capital? Why did we decide to build a, a venture part of Shore Capital in the last few years? Yeah, I mean, the question is probably much stronger when you consider how hard it is to fundraise <laughs> in 2023. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I going through the immense cognitive, mental, emotional load of raising a fund <laughs> yeah. as a solo GP? So it's something that I'm very passionate about. And I wouldn't say passion as, you know, just a buzzword, but it's just, I don't really have a plan B. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, this is your, you're passionate in the sense that this is like your life's work. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, and it's a funny way you frame it too. I, I, I appreciate that now, right? Is if I had asked you that question when we met in 2021, the answer probably would have been like, well, who wouldn't raise a fund, right? Why not be a VC in 2021, 2020? But in 2023, it does definitely cast a different, a different pall over everything. But having said that, here you are, right? Here you are having survived, so to speak, but thrived, right? Here you are having been ruthlessly, ruthlessly iterative and determined yourself in many ways to be in the game still and you know, figuring out how you're going to build from here. So kudos to you, buddy. Thank you. Question. You made a post recently, and that was honestly part of what triggered me to invite you now. I had you on a list of people that I wanted to interview and, and share your story, but I hadn't gotten to you yet on the list. And then you posted this comment. I'm basically just going to kind of steal and paraphrase, but it was this idea around like that a podcast for a founder or a podcast as a mechanism to tell your story is unlimitedly powerful, right? It's almost better than, and again, I'm paraphrasing you. I don't have the exact tweet in front of me, but you know, it was better than most other marketing. So Talk about that. Like, talk about 
And if you remember exactly what you said, please share it again. But tell us why you said that and why you feel that is true. Sure. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll actually <laughs> I'll actually pull it up right now. A good pod interview with an outstanding founder will convey a thousand x more signal than a deck, as it lays bare the founder's idea, maze mastery, and other relevant traits. Way more effective grounding to generate preliminary conviction pre-initial call than another deck review, end quote. That literally popped up in my feed. And, I, and, and as you know, because you were the recipient of my next reply comment to you, which was, okay, let's, let's tell your story. Like, let's, yeah. get, let's get you on the pod, right? So, so talk yeah. about that. Unpack that tweet. I, I obviously happen to agree. But unpack why you think that's true. Well, so the first aspect is the idea of maze mastery, because at the end of the day, and I'm I'm actually sort of paraphrasing what David Tish writes in the about page of his firm, Fox Group, that it takes like a certain unique founding team to unlock particular markets. So. You can have multiple teams pitching more or less the same idea or the same solution, but there's something unique about particular folks that they have like this like non-obvious secret, this non-obvious key, which enables them to unlock markets to enable them to do the seemingly impossible. Okay. And how do we sort of unearth this secret. So at the end of the day, the value created from early stage venture capital, essentially, well, the truth is in other asset classes as well. It's all about information asymmetries. And in venture, the earlier you are, the more it is, of course, about the qualitative judgment call on the founding team. And it's just very difficult to know how they're thinking and again because they are going to iterate you sort of want to know what the velocity is like are they thinking about the various permutations that could come up in a year or two and that's not something you could get from slides or a memo yeah from a static piece of content yeah you just it's it's not really something that you could detect from there so, so for you, the human conversation, like the real-time yes. think, react, adapt, respond, articulate, yeah. Yeah. that for you is, is just a thousand X more powerfully insightful. A hundred percent. And that's, it's, it's just a very intense qualifying pre-call or pre-reach no, I, out. Uh, yeah. I, I thousand X times a hundred percent, whatever that number is. I agree. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and obviously that's, I, that's part of the motivation behind why, why I do this show. Right. And why we've, why you're episode 86 uh, since 2020 is because I believe that there is a unique opportunity to build understanding of one another uh, to learn and, and even to build relationships or a better sense of a potential relationship in human conversation and storytelling than there is in just about any other medium. And, I, and it, it, it's important, and I brought it up. I was really excited when I saw you tweet it because, you know, it's ironic also. You could also open up your thread and just about any day see someone 
whining about or complaining about, oh God, the world doesn't need another podcast or, oh, like, hey, wait, you know, yeah, I'll give you advice, free advice or paid advice on how to make your deck shine and how to make your deck sparkle. And, and, you know, it's this like kind of pull and tug and, you know, you know, my generalist attitude about most things in life and business is, you know, it's not a zero sum game and it's not a competition and it's not an either or. Do, do what works best for you and or what works best for your audience. So, so I'm, I'm excited. And it's, again, it's a, it's a, it was an ironic opportunity for us to then play off that, that post and have you come on here and tell your own story. So, Hey, I want to, I want to veer a little bit before we get into some more of the investor stuff. You are in my estimation, I'm complimenting you. You don't have to say this about yourself. Um, you're a terrifically dedicated family man. You're an active, loving father and husband. So I, you know, part of the reason we do mentors today and why I call you a mentor instead of a guest for the day is because I think we all have wisdom that we learn in our lives that shapes both what we do professionally and, and who we are as, as people. And so, you know, talk a little bit about, if you can, kind of how does the importance of a family or, or of your family life in specific play a central role in who you are, but also just in kind of how you do your business? Well, yeah, I mean, it is very important. Uh, I have seven kids, thank God, uh, ranging from age two through age 14. Three girls, four boys. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's immensely fulfilling to be a father. As it ties into work, I mean, every business man or woman has, has a struggle. You know, how do you make sure that your dedication of your craft doesn't make you an absentee parent? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's something that I'm, you know, still working on. Um, no, it's, it's, yeah. You know, it's, it's definitely not easy. And, you know, of course, you'll find tons of quotes of, well, when the person uh, is about to pass, they're not thinking of, you know, how many more hours they should have spent at the office. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's like, even right now when I'm in New York, uh, I had to do with um, NLP that I'm hoping to close. I, who asked me, you know, let's eat. Yeah. And I'm like, sure, let's, let's go. Like, let's come up, come up to New York. Let's break bread. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, okay. yeah. I've got to get, I've got to get four of my kids to school. It's like, <laughs> it's a Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, ha- happens to be that, that, that this particular prospect is, is super promising. Um, and like, you know, it was a difficult decision because you're, you're essentially sacrificing time with your children and your family for for something that may or may not work out sure because especially when it comes to to closing lps it is i mean the hit rate especially in the tail end of of 2023 is is historically very low yeah um so So no um, you have to you have to take your swings you have to take your shots when yeah when yeah. they're available. And, and in fairness to you, and again, a compliment to you, right, is your, your ambitiousness in, as it relates to your work is intended to build correct uh, build, build uh, you know, opportunity of present and future for your, for your family, 
right? Correct. And so, so, so you're doing that, but but I again, I do. It's I have a ton of respect for it. I was uh, I'm I'm at a different stage in my life now with my daughter's just about to turn thirty, but in you know, and I'm in my mid fifties. But in my early career, you know, when she was very young, when I was very young, and most of my peers didn't have kids, it was a different set of considerations that had to get made and. And I, I hit a point in my life where I realized that, like most, I was chasing, chasing, chasing. And then I kind of woke up and said, hey, wait a minute. You know, I've got to center, the, in my case, just one, not seven, but just the one human being that I helped co-create. Um, like, that's really what it all revolves around for, for me and always has ever since that realization and always will in some regards, even though we're obviously both like adults and have a different relationship now. So, so I applaud you for that. It's really, it's one of the things that when I met you, the familial roots um, and just kind of your solid base of just being a good person um, was frankly, honestly, was the most impressive thing to me because I meet lots of people who are investors and I meet lots of people who are different types of investors and I, everybody has a thesis and that's interesting. But, but to me, it was, it's more about the fact that you're just a, you're just a really solid human being who then happens to be an investor, which I think will make you a better investor. Appreciate that. Thank you. So, so let's talk about, if you can, and I know you can't always because these are private companies, but if you have any a couple of examples, and if you want to name them, great. If you don't, if you just want to kind of tell a profile story uh, without naming, give us a couple of examples of investments, either recent or in, you know that are in your portfolio that are the types of things that either are really exciting to you, you know, that you're proud of, or maybe as a preview for people that they could say like, ah, okay, those are the types of companies that he invests in. Um, yeah, so I'm the first company that I'm typically associated with that others invoke is usually Pipe Dream. I am an incurable fan <laughs> of that team and of what they're doing. It was one of those like no brainer decisions for me. So, and what tell us a little what does Pipe Dream do? Okay, so uh, Pipe Dream, and um, you'll find them at pipedreamlabs.co. So they are building autonomous robots for underground delivery, which sounds crazy to most people. <laughs> Not if you believe that the Jetsons is, uh, is eventually <laughs> going to come, come yeah. true. So, like, I'll just, you know, as a preamble i i've never thought for a split second what could go wrong you're you're a true believer with pipe yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent for me it's it's i mean for all companies it's not about how much i know about the business market rope i mean like i'm not <laughs> by any measure a robotics expert a logistics expert yeah the job of of an early stage vc primarily is to know who are the experts or who have the non-obvious secrets etc so sometimes like the domain experts think too much and they sort of um make those mistakes of omission right because when it comes to venture it's the worst mistake a person could commit is to um this was actually from um two years ago or a year ago um an interview that mark and had with mckinsey and he said there's there are two types of mistakes 
there are mistakes of omission, there are mistakes of commission. So with venture, it's about not making mistakes of omission, right? Yeah. Talking oneself out of a deal because they don't understand it or they think about so many elements that, that could go wrong. It's about what could go right. Okay. Um, so with Pipe Dream, it's, it was a team that like totally nailed the idea maze. So three excellent humans, co-founders, who have really thought about this idea for a very long time. They have dedicated their lives to this. They do not have a plan B. <laughs> they, bur they, they burn the boats, as they would say. Yeah, 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 100%. And they've created this incredible talent vortex. So they've, they've recruited, for instance, the co-founder of Drizzly that sold to Uber. They've recruited Mac Higgins, who sold his company Voyage to Cruise, and a very lean team, nine people in total, so three co-founders, yeah. six early employees, and yeah, I mean, they're phenomenal, phenomenal team. So really, really, really smart folks who've then been even smarter to surround themselves with other really smart folks who are all as you would say, ruthlessly, to use your word, right? Obsessed about yeah. this particular problem slash opportunity. And, and that fits that obviously based on everything you've said so far, like that fits your, that fits your thesis. Do you have, do you have another example other than pipe dream? Something, something, or maybe something you're excited about that you just invested in that you're, you know, that we're all going to find out about like eight, nine years from now. <laughs> there are so many companies in my portfolio that I'm very excited about. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's great. Uh, that's good. I won't make you pick a favorite <laughs> child. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's more of a framework of heck yeah or no. Um, yeah. Okay. Fair, fair enough. So let me, let, me, let me adjust that question then a little bit and see if we can get some other insights. So talk about that. How, how big is your portfolio? So again, new person, as you say, you, you're a rookie, but let's be fair, you've been at it for a few years now. So how many companies do you have in your portfolio? And, and then... I have another follow-up question on that. So at the moment, I have 22. Okay. That's a pretty active rookie, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And I have a few SPVs which are live. So of the 22, uh, I, one of the things we met in Miami, I talked about that. You're obviously a proponent of, of you know Miami uh, becoming a more vibrant, uh, what I call entrepreneurial economy, or the general public probably just calls it a tech economy. But I know you because we actually just had this conversation in text the other day. Your portfolio is kind of geography agnostic. Like you invest, you you find and invest in these ruthlessly iterative founders wherever they are. So of the twenty-two, are just give us kind of a sprinkling of the geography. Are they spread? Are they hyper concentrated in any one place? Are they? Are they? You know, can you drop me a list of kind of cities that they're in? Yeah. So um, to preface, I mean, the power law thesis really favors generalism because you never know which one it's going to be or you know hopefully in plural so in terms of the geos i have some in in austin a great ecosystem there i have of course some in la <laughs> love la actually 
in the late, I have a cross factor. So I have in health tech, consumer, consumer health tech, and dev tools. Yeah, you've got a new one coming up. We won't talk about it in public. Yeah, in yeah, public yeah. But but you've got a you've got a new or a current one that you're working on, which is pretty pretty exciting from what you shared with me. We're gonna we're gonna have to help you. We're gonna have to help you set up the uh, West Coast office of Short Capital at some point <laughs> in the not too distant future. You're you're the most um, geo focused in the sense that you live pretty solidly there in Miami with your big family, but your but your portfolio is geo diverse. Oh, you're a hardcore. You're a hardcore local in your day to day community life, but you're actually your business is actually um, just about as national or global as as anybody could be. That's awesome. I love hearing that. Yeah, and then and then on the other side of that coin, your the partners that invest in you, the people that are backing your fund, so you can go out and make them a whole lot of money. They're they're coming from all over the place as well. I assume. Yes, most from New York. That's awesome. Um, we haven't talked much about your the toil and the tribulation of being a, a solo general partner in a fund, which as you've alluded to, and we've, we've talked about before in our relationship was like a really common thing, right? Back in 2020, 2021, 2018, 20, right. everybody wanted to, everybody's going to be a VC, right? Cause money was basically right, right. money was free and it was flowing everywhere. But the fact that you're aligning yourself with great LPs, the fact that you're, as you said, it's a nonlinear pursuit. I love the way you described that. The fact that you, have pursued and you don't always get the, you know, hit your shot, but that you pursue the right types of people that are aligned with what you're doing um, and that you pattern yourself after like trying to uh, acquire or collect the right types of limited partners is, is really, um, really awesome. So, so keep, keep doing that. But so I'm a little, again, shift kind of one last shift, maybe before we get to the last segment of the show, um, I, I want to, you've, you've tipped kind of a broad interest, right? You've talked about generalism and the importance of that, um, I know you enough to know you're just a really naturally curious person. Um, and so you're not expert in any one thing per se. And you're not just narrowly saying like, I'm, you know, I, I used to be in consumer packaged goods at Procter and Gamble and that's all I want to invest. <laughs> in, right. I mean, you're, you're the exact opposite of that in reality. So I, I have two questions that are kind of related. So first in this kind of ever evolving, fast moving space of technology, how do you stay up to date? Like you personally, like how do you stay up to date with, emerging trends or, or emerging technologies that may eventually be something you'd invest in? Um, I over-index founders' knowledge. But I, you know, I, I do read. Um, I am on Twitter a lot, consuming as much info as I can. But it's, um, not, it's not, you're not looking for the story, the post, the Z about like this cool thing as much as you're really paying attention to the people that are writing those things about those things. Yeah. I mean, I could like, there is a value for instance, for let's say for some VCs, let's say, especially those that have been in the industry for a long time to sort of, you know, reformulate a market thesis, etc. But I think there are diminishing returns when it comes to um, emerging managers. I mean, it does work for LP optics in a certain way, you know, to have, you know, to churn out articles, sub stacks. Um, and the truth is, I, I should say beehives. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Exactly. Yes. Tyler would be very excited for you to say beehive instead of all the others. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, you know, um, 
I, you know, the, the truth is I, I like all those platforms. Uh, so, you know, I'm not necessarily favoring any platform over no. another one, but, <laughs> um, but um, it, it's, it's not as important than sort of mapping out relationships and networks within certain sectors despite being a generalist. So like, for instance, if I invested in consumer, right? So I, I sort of now know who the top consumer founders are. Sure. Right. Yeah. So, so whereas some people might, if I'm hearing you correctly, some people might embed themselves in a, in a space attached to an industry, right? Uh, I'm in, I'm, I'm in biotechnology. I'm in consumer packaged goods. I'm in, you know, robotics, I'm an AI, et cetera. You're, you're, you're much like me again, um, are, are finding communities of people. You're embedding yourselves within groups of, of creators, founders, uh, other investors, even probably that, that then attract other good people. Yeah. And I'll sort of go on the quasi tangents here, um, with my ADHD, which is, a big reason why I made that uh, 180 pivot from real estate into VC. The ADHD personality works much better, much better with a generalist approach where you're constantly being, I can't really say distracted because it's, it's a positive distraction. Stimulated maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You constantly have a torrent of of very strong prospects in all sectors. Yeah. And that, that enables you to sort of have to maintain that peak intensity. Yeah. Because with ADHD, if something is boring, you're sort of out, like (laughs) you're clocked out. You're like, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like, but with early, I mean, I don't know of any other career that is as, like from an aptitude standpoint fitting for ADHD than early stage venture. That's awesome. It really works. What, what, what do you, yeah. What a unique Testament too. I think I, I am a hundred percent sure our audience will find that fascinating. So uh, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for, you know, vulnerably sharing your own journey and your own mind, right. And kind of how you work. So that's awesome. I appreciate that. All right. So, Hey, our, our favorite segment, segment of the, of the show that kind of gets ready to close this out. I'm going to turn you into the mentor for the day, right? We said before, you're not just a guest, you're a mentor. You're, you're not just a guest, you're a friend. We're having a conversation about why we do what we do, why you do what you do, why you love what you do, what's important to you in life. You know, I would love for you to share three pieces of advice for the audience. And it could be about anything you'd like. It could be, you know, three pieces of kind of concise advice for prospective investors. It could be for founders. It could be about, you know, life balance, whatever, whatever you're feeling in your heart right now. Um, I'd love you to just condense it down and maybe share three pieces of wisdom um, that our folks can think about and maybe even act on after they listen to the show. Yeah. Um, this one is, is sort of random, but I advise people use superhuman for email. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Uh, very, very specific advice. I love it. Uh, a productivity, a productivity hack, so to speak. 
Yeah. I mean, it is like sometimes I'm not sure if Superhuman is a mental health app masquerading as an email app. Wow. This <laughs> this is going to be a commercial for Superhuman. I may have to call them and ask them to sponsor <laughs> this episode. Yeah. And of course, at the same token, um, the Superhuman for texting, text.com, which is a portfolio company. Okay. It will save folks a lot of time. So a couple, couple of productivity hacks as, as advice number one. Any other, any other tidbits of wisdom? Yes. I, <laughs> before I go to the second one, I just want to just squeeze in a third one. If you're a Mac user, you should remap the caps lock to this is incredible this is like a computer <laughs> use user t- t- tutorial program now yeah remap caps because like the real estate on that left pinky is just so valuable and it's not worth <laughs> to keep it as caps use it as control or escape or how i personally do it uh which is beyond the scope of this interview to both escape and control. So when I just tap it, it's escape. When I use it with another key, it's control. Uh, saves me a lot of time. More tactically sa- or, or, or technically savvy than I am already. So, Okay, the second one is aptitude. Um, I mean, this is something that I'm very passionate about, that folks should discover what their aptitude is. And once they do, they they shouldn't think about uh, some cost in changing careers. It was in the beginning. It was sort of you know, I did go through some. I couldn't say hesitation, but there's definitely some something that was uneasy about transitioning. You know, in your early to mid thirties, from one career to another one. So the advice is that just don't pay attention to some costs, to, you know, that social pressure to keep on doing what you're doing, although it's not really working out or you're not really into it. So definitely discover, discover what your aptitude is. And within that, I like part of the thing that excites me about sharing my ADHD, which I discovered a few years ago is that it sometimes will invoke by listeners this prompt of, well, maybe I have ADHD. Maybe I should be checked out. Right. I love that. And then your life could change. Good for you. To find out that like all of these hallmark characteristics of ADHD are, that's just, that's how your brain works. And you're able to use it as a superpower. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that I, for the reasons that you just articulated. That's awesome. I love it. And the third one is, it's sort of an offshoot from, from the second one. So I do get asked by a lot, of, a lot of young people who want to go into a career in venture. And they ask me, should I do finance in general? Should I do private equity, LBOs, early stage, late stage, and so on? So it's very important to sort of pick one because something that was a major inflection point for me last year was discovering how it was actually a pod episode that was like such an aha moment. So Harry Stebbings was interviewing Keith Raboy and asking him like, 
with early stage, oh, I'm sorry, with growth stage, is there going to be a problem of crowding with a lot of these growth stage firms mm. going into early stage? And he said that they're not going to be successful because the skill set required to be a good seed investor isn't just different, but it's completely incompatible yeah. with the idea of being a good private equity well a good growth or public markets investor and it's just people just have to like find out are they uh you know to to hyper simplify it are they artists or mm. are they quants i love that it's it's impossible to do both it's like a sumo wrestler trying to be a horse jockey and the truth is that it helped me sort of frame the lp fundraising a bit differently in terms of like handling rejections and sort of how to like reframe the the pitch because very often you have let's say and this is usually with some newer family offices or certain individuals that are quite liquid but just don't really grope this incompatibility of skills mm-hmm. um, and they figure well because I grew this family office from, let's say, you know, running a non-tech company or, or um, through trading or, sure. or through private equity. Therefore, I'm qualified to, to source and to pick early stage companies. And it's, it's a myth. Like, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just, it just doesn't work. If a sumo wrestler wants to have access to the horse racing profits right he could be an owner he could you know partner with a jockey but the exact qualifications that that would make such a person an excellent sumo wrestler you know that that fat the girth the mass that itself is a disqualification to be a horse jockey yep right no 100 percent. you know so i so like i try to outreach to some family offices that often are insisting to do direct deals now just to to be clear there are some family offices that um have full-time venture resources that are 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 very good at it but the rank and file who are hiring a quant from goldman sachs and then telling him well you know um add like two hours a day to venture also aside from you know (laughs) <laughs> trading yeah, that I, that's yeah. just the worst thing is it's just an and the challenge and the problem is that the feedback loop is so long that by the time they realize that like they've picked like the the lowest alpha startups it's already too late yeah. when those funds could have been allocated towards you know emerging funds and like you see it from let's say as i said before with yale right you have over 25 percent of their endowment is LP stakes in, in venture firms, yeah. not as direct. Because yeah. they know that even if they would hire full-time staff to do it, there's no competition with the managers that are deeply embedded in the startup ecosystem. Yep. Uh, I mean, and by the way, brother, thank you for that, because sticking to your, uh, your superpower of your ADHD uh, brain, uh, you just gave like the most wide ranging three pieces of advice I've ever heard. So that was, that was, fan- that was fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Like that, that, thank was, you, thank that you. was like a small podcast all by itself right there. It was terrific. Now, Hey, I, I, 
I thank you for coming on the show, spending some time having this conversation with me. You're awesome. You're a good man. I've said that before. I think you are the pattern kind of future profile of what successful investors are or should be and or, and or will be. And you know, you're investing in in the right types of good people at the earliest stages when they need the types of people and you're in the corner, in their corner like you are. And so I'm grateful to know you. I'm a generalist, as, as we've talked about, and as you know, and so part of the value in my life of being a generalist is being surrounded by friends and smart people like you. So I get a little bit smarter and, and my life is a little bit richer every day just because I get to get to listen to your story or I get to share it as we did today. So I, I really thank you for that. And then before we close, how can people find you on social? My handle is at Miami, S-H-O-R. Gotcha. At Miami, S-H-O-R, people. That's how we find yeah. them on the various websites, whether they used to be Twitter, they're still Twitter, they're X, whatever whatever it is you want to find. And then you can look up Shore Capital on the web or probably find you on LinkedIn, Michael Shore. So it's awesome, buddy. I'm actually looking to to redo the shorecapital.com page. I, I have um, a second one, which is shore.vc. Nice. But the link that I actually share, if someone would ask me, like, if there was one link that you could share above others, it would be foundernps.com. Okay, there we go. Awesome. So now, folks, founders, investors, prospective LPs, friends, collaborators all across the country or the world, you know how to find my guy, Michael Shore. Michael, thanks for hanging out with us and as you commuted across New York City today. Good luck with your meetings. Safe travels back home to the family. Um, and... Uh, can't wait to can't wait to share your story with the world. Thank you, Rob. I had such a blast. As always, we thank you so much for listening. Today's show was recorded in Los Angeles and produced by Deanna Bernal in Mexico City. You can always find, like, follow, subscribe, and share our show via any popular podcasting platform, as well as find us on social media at Mentors Today. And if you'd like to connect with our host, you can find Rob at I am Rob Ryan on just about any social media platform. Gracias and thank you.